Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Serial Wife. I feel like I should start this episode by stating that being married so many times is nothing to brag about. It's not a badge of honor. It's humiliating. It's something that I don't share with anyone. It's been a secret of mine, a dark secret of mine, um, forever, basically. Like so many other secrets that I've been conditioned over the years to keep hidden. Um, I suppose that brings me to my childhood. I mentioned my parents, seemingly normal parents. Um, My childhood was happy. When you're a kid, you don't think about being molested and the horrible things. I mean, that just doesn't keep haunting you unless you're continually around that, or at least it didn't for me. It's something that affects you and changes you, but you're kind of oblivious to that. Um, I think I was pretty normal for the most part. We had lots of animals. I had friends, I think. (laughs) Being that young, I don't remember a lot of that. But I remember an Easter egg hunt where I had friends over and I couldn't find any eggs. And so my dad would point out the eggs to me and kind of giggle as he pointed because I was crying and, you know, he wanted to help me. I remember all kinds of things like that. I remember having so many animals that I'm not even sure they were fed. My hamsters, I'm pretty sure, ate each other. I was too little. I didn't know they needed to eat, I guess. I had mice in cages, um, and they just kept having babies and kept having babies and kept having babies, and they would fall through the bars of the cage. And then we had mice in the house. So then when Dad would find these babies... Um, and nests of mice in the house, he would catch them and do away with them. I remember him taking my pencil box, my school pencil box, and filling it full of babies that he had found and uh, burying it alive in some of our landscaping. It was just something that happened, something that was normal, I guess, from how he was raised. Um, We had dogs and cats and sheep and goats. Well, we had a baby goat. We had ducks. We had thousands of ducks. Um, And I was happy. I was pretty happy. I always sat on my dad's lap. He always gave me a sip of his cold coffee out of his styrofoam cup that he always had. And I was good. Weird things continued to happen. Um, I told you about the episode at the church. Well, one of my earliest memories, maybe even earlier than me being molested, maybe along the same timeline, I don't know, was of an older boy at our house, along the side of the house in the landscaping by some big evergreen bush. One of those great big annoying ones that gets these little, they almost look like little dragon heads. They're hard little things that little kids throw with pointy tops, you know, several points on the tops. And um, I remember him being on the ground on his knees and he was wearing like a, 
Well, in my mind, he was wearing a black jacket, but I don't know if I've merged things together or not. And one of my friends being down there, and she was sprawled across his lap, and her pants were down so that he was looking at her butt, her bum. It wasn't spread eagle or anything, but he was just looking at her butt. And he told me, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And I was, you know, kind of freaked out, but kind of giggly, and I don't think I understood everything that was happening. And then he kind of giggled, and he reached up, and he brushed his hand in a swiping motion across that evergreen, and a whole bunch of debris and schmutz fell down in her butt crack and in her panties. And she jumped up and started wiping and pulling her pants up. I don't even remember who that kid was, but he was very much older than us. Um, I remember mom coming home. Um, well, both of them, mom and dad coming home from shopping. And I was sad for some reason, maybe because they had left me. And, uh, Mom was acting really weird, and she set her big purse down on the table. And she was looking at me really weird, and I thought it was kind of funny, and her purse moved. And so I thought that was curious, and I got all inquisitive, and then she got kind of smiley, and I and Dad was giggling, standing there giggling. And so I ran over, and she had a little dog in her purse, a little puppy dog. I don't remember whatever happened to that dog, but I remember that instance. I remember a playhouse that Dad built for me off the side of the house. It was awesome. It had bunk beds and a door and everything. And I remember I had a big white cat named Santa. And that Santa cat had jumped up on the top bunk bed with me. And... I was in there with a girlfriend, maybe the little girl from next door with the molester dad. I don't recall exactly. But he, my cat, who I thought was a boy, was up there with us. And some weird bubble thing started coming out of his butt. And I didn't know what that was. And so I freaked out. I touched it a couple times and it would go back in. And then it would come back out. And I didn't know what it was. I was too little, five maybe. And so I, I ran in the house to get mom or dad or whoever was there, or maybe even my sister, to get help anyway. And one of them came back out. By the time we got out there, my boy cat had had kittens. So I was just so naive to the world. I didn't understand anything about how it worked and... I, um, I don't know. I had a good childhood, though. It didn't seem bad, even though bad things kept happening. Um, I had friends. I remember going to kindergarten, and I would walk home because my parents always worked. And I remember Mark. I'll say his name because it was so long ago that... <laughs> There's no way that he could be tracked back to this at all. But um, he was little, a little cutie, big blue eyes, bushy brown hair. And I was so little. And um, I remember he wanted us to walk him home one day. And so 
me and I don't know, one or two of my friends walked him home. Who knows where that was? I had no idea where it was. I was lost by that time, but we followed him home and he goes in his bedroom and pulled down his pants and wanted us to touch him. And he was our age. He was just a little kid, little five-year-old kid, kindergarten age. And I don't, I guess maybe it had happened to him too. Maybe it was currently happening happening to him. So he wanted us to touch him and my friend did and I didn't. Maybe it's because I was currently being molested. I don't honestly remember the timeline. I don't recall which came first or if it was concurrent. I I mean, I just, I don't even know. It was all roughly around the same timeline. I also remember a dream that I had, and I had this dream forever. And it was of me in a basement, like a school basement. And there was four stairways, one on each wall it was dark down there the only light was coming in through the stairways and there was a man across from me coming down one of the stairways a big man and I was a little kid in the dream he had on a big black long coat and a wide brimmed black hat and He came down the stairs towards me and approached me. I could never see his face. I still don't remember what his face was like and would expose himself to me. And it didn't seem like a penis or anything like that. It seemed like something, I don't know, weird, pink, I don't know exactly what that was, but it was a dream that I had forever and ever, a nightmare that I had forever and ever. I suppose I probably had that until I was about 19 or 20 years old and actually told somebody that I was molested for the first time. And that's probably when it stopped happening. I think I had that dream every night. I could draw a picture of the guy because it was so prominent in my mind. But all in all, my childhood was normal. I think um, between the animals and my friends, and I think I was always adopted by other families. Like first it was the Indian family, and then I had a Hispanic family. And my mom was really close friends with the Hispanic family. Um, We even went to church with them, so I learned Spanish church songs when I was a kid Um, yeah the daughter of the Spanish family and I are still good friends we don't see each other often but we're still good friends she had a big family she had I don't know there was probably five kids between them all she had an older brother that used to babysit them us because I was over there all the time he always threatened to beat everybody with a belt if we didn't do chores. They were a big chore family. 
So they um, were cleaning and everything all the time. We didn't do that. I think my house was always messy and there was probably all these little dog poops everywhere. I remember my girlfriend, my Hispanic girlfriend, being over and we were pretending we were dogs and I was throwing popcorn and she would bend down and eat it off of the floor. And I remember her eating a poop and running into the bathroom and throwing up. And so I'm pretty sure there was always poops everywhere. We didn't really have food in the house either. I mean, little things. We had cornflakes and vegetable beef soup. We had TV dinners, Swanson's TV dinners. But of course, I didn't know how to cook, so, you know, unless mom or dad was home, nothing got made. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't think I ate a lot. I was pretty thin when I was a kid. Mom worked at a Chinese food restaurant. And um, she would, we had so many animals and everything that she would scrape the plates at the end of her shift from all the tables that she had bust into a bag. So there was half-eaten food, old food. Who knows how long it had been scraped. Like maybe a four-hour shift and all that food sitting out for four hours. Who knows? But egg roll and rice and chow mein and egg foo young and all that in a bag, a plastic bag. And she would bring it home and put it in the fridge. And she always told me that that was for the animals, that I was supposed to take that out and feed the animals. Well, I was always starving. I'm not sure how she didn't know I was always starving. So I would go out with that sack to feed the animals, in air quotes, and hide around a bush or by the patio and just stuff as much of that crap in my face as I could eat because I just didn't get stuff like that. I didn't get food. There was never a dinner made. There was never a lunch made. There was, I didn't have that. It wasn't because we were poor. We were the best dressed family. We lived in the nicest neighborhood. Dad had fancy cars. Mom drove a Corvette for crying out loud. They just didn't have time for a little kid, I think. And so I would snarf that stuff until I felt sick because it was so good and something I didn't get. Looking back, that probably was the beginning of my eating problems. You know, here's where the light bulb goes on. That's kind of how we lived. I remember mom cooking once when I was little like that. And it was for um, a holiday dinner, like Christmas or Easter or something. And I remember that the potatoes were so salty. It was just horrible. I think she could cook. I just think she didn't. She didn't take the time to cook because she waitressed. I think they were heavily involved with the church. And so they did their showy things and... I mean, as far as I knew, that was it. And they probably had meetings for the handicapped kids that kept staying with us. And I, um, I don't know. That's probably where all their time went. 
So I, I told you about one of the mentally handicapped kids that came to live with us. I say kid because he was mentally that age, but he was much older. When we got him, he was probably in his 20s. He stayed with us forever and ever. Um, boy, it's only been about 10 years since he's not been with us. Maybe just over, maybe 12 years. Um, but he was innocent too. Me, with my skewed way of thinking though, I guess had different ideas. I don't know. I, I think that when you experience being molested as a kid, it skews how you think and how you relate to people. So I remember putting on my frilliest little slip tutu thingy, dress type thing that was sheer and see-through because you wore it underneath another type of a dress. But I remember putting that on with no panties and going downstairs to his room and dancing and doing weird stuff. I don't think he realized what was happening. But because I, I don't know, maybe because of the attention that I got from her dad and maybe I was wanting attention from him. I don't know, this poor mentally handicapped guy and here I'm like five, six years old and um, I was scarred. I was mentally damaged at that point and having nobody talk to me about it and having, you know, nobody even acknowledge anything to me. Um, I don't know. It does something to you. It makes you different. So then even, you know, my bestest friends and their brothers, I remember um, pretending to be asleep and, you know, kind of accidentally rubbing up against a hand or having a hand placed in certain areas and you know you almost tend to propagate that or instigate that without even realizing it I just I didn't even know what I was doing like I don't know it was just I don't think I was molesting those kids I was only like five or six but It definitely wasn't just normal play. Maybe that's what they call playing doctor. I don't know. But that happened with everybody after that. I was just like that. That's just how I played then. You know, I remember, like, exposing myself spread eagle to my girlfriend and, you know, her doing the same and us being curious and five, six years old, which isn't healthy, but that's just what we did. I think I mentioned that I slept with my dad. Well, dad definitely wasn't a molester, wasn't like that, but I knew that he didn't sleep with clothes on, and so I remember taking a flashlight to bed under the covers, hoping that when he fell asleep, I could, like, see. It never worked, but... I also remember a story that mom and dad always told me. You know, parents are famous for that, bringing up the worst stories at absolutely the most public of humiliating times. And it was apparently when I was very little. 
but probably after the molestation had started. I was sitting on Dad's lap in the kitchen, and I was eating M&M's, and Dad wanted an M&M. And so I gave him an M&M, and he put it in his mouth, and he said, Oh, this is a horrible M&M. What is this? It tastes bad. And he spit it out, and he said, It tastes yucky. Where, where did you get this M&M? And apparently, I looked up at him and kind of giggled. And I said, from my panties. So I was, I don't know, inflicted at that point. (laughs) Infected. Um, It's something that you don't realize when you're that age, but it's something that other people realize. I think it just grows from there. Anyway, on that note, I think I'll end this episode. So thanks again for listening, and we'll get further into this um, as we continue the episodes. So I appreciate you chiming in, and I hope you chime in for the next episode. Thanks.